Good morning, everyone. Have you ever grown frustrated trying to communicate with someone? Anyone ever been there before? Uh, I, it's usually, it's not always fun. Um, right now, Heather and I are in a season where uh, we communicate to our daughter what she's supposed to do, and she blatantly will say no. <laughs> or go and do her own thing. Like, she has her own perspective, her own way of life, her own way of doing what she wants to do. And that brings up a lot of emotions in us, right? As a parent, I'm like, okay, you know, uh, not only am I like, I need to lay down the law, but then I start to laugh to myself and think, I was that way as a kid. Hmm. <laughs> it's coming back to haunt me. Um, but when I think about the, how we speak to people when we get frustrated, it's very important that we, uh, when we're communicating with them, that we communicate in a way that still shows love and care. I think of Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, and it says, A soft answer turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. A lot of times, uh, when we're interacting with people that we're frustrated with, especially in the midst of a conversation, we might, get, might say things that we might regret <laughs> and might act in a way that is not appropriate. Or other times, it might just be funny or trying to figure out, like, well, what were you actually trying to say? One of the funniest things, uh, skits for me, is one by uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, the skit called Who's On First? Have you guys... Anyone heard that before? Well, it's about this guy, Abbott, who's trying to explain to his friend Costello about all the different baseball players who are playing and the different positions that they're playing. And he's saying, hey, they all have unique nicknames. Uh, their nicknames are not normal nicknames, not things like, you know, Mad Bum or, you know, you know, BP Buster Posey or anything cool like that or Great Bambino, right? Um, it's like phrases and prepositions or the five W's. So as he's trying to explain to his friend about uh, all these different baseball players, he gets massively confused. And he's like, so tell me all the players that are out there playing. And he's like, well, who is on first, uh, what is on second, and I don't know is on third. <laughs> and as you can see, that can lead to a bit of confusion and frustration as you're trying to figure out, well, who is actually on first, what is on second, and why is I don't know on third? right? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, I love that skit, but it's also funny at times when you get frustrated trying to communicate with someone, trying to communicate truth with them, trying to communicate in some way, shape, or form with them about a message you want to give them. Well, today, through Proverbs chapter 15, we're going to be looking at the art of listening and speaking, the art of listening and speaking, learning how to listen well, and learning when it's appropriate to speak. Um, as you know, we were going through the book of Proverbs this summer, and we're encouraging everybody to read a proverb a day. You can read uh, Proverbs 15 today because it's July 15th. And um, if you have been following along and reading that, in Proverbs chapter 10, after, Proverbs chapter 10 to Proverbs chapter 29, it's a bunch of random verses that have little nuggets of information, little nuggets of truth in those verses, in those chapters, that don't always flow in a cohesive thought. <laughs> so as I was preparing for this sermon uh, this week, I looked at Ryan. I said, Ryan, man, thank you for giving me the hard one. <laughs> I mean, come on, <laughs> right? I'm like, this doesn't have one thought. What am I going to do here? So for today, with that perspective, I want to read a bunch of different verses that relate to listening well and to speaking uh, from the book of Proverbs chapter 15. And then we're going to talk about that today with this main concept. 
I want us to think about this, is that listening well allows us to speak and hear godly wisdom. Listening well allows us to speak and hear godly wisdom. So if you have a Bible with you, uh, you can open up to Proverbs chapter 15. If not, uh, verses will be on the screen, and I'm going to read about eight or nine verses for you all today. So the first one is from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. It says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. Uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 15, verse 14, the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of foods, fools feeds on folly. Proverbs 15, 18, a hot-tempered man stirs up strife, but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs 15, verses 22 and 23, without counsel plans fail, but with many advisors they succeed. Uh, to make an apt answer is, is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. And Proverbs 31, 15, verse uh, 31 and 32, the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Let's pray real quick. God, I pray that you will uh, speak powerfully through me as we talk about how we listen well in order to speak and hear um, godly wisdom. I pray that we will be people who embody this in the midst of conversations that might be frustrating or communication that must, might be misunderstood or just in the realm of our everyday life. Help us to be people who listen well and speak according to your word and your truth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I was preparing and uh, going through this message, there are two kind of sub-points to the main point I have that I feel embody us listening well and speaking well. And those are empathy and restraint. We need to be able to be people of empathy, but also be people of restraint in the midst of our conversations with other people. So I want to talk first about being people of empathy. When I think about being people of empathy, I think of uh, Proverbs 15, verse 23. It says, to make an apt answer is a joy to a man, and a word in season, how good it is. When you receive that good word from someone, it is so powerful. But how do you get there? You ever think about that? Well, like, how does a conversation get to the point where you can speak powerfully into someone's life? Um, up, uh, it was old uh, Facebook the other day, and a friend of mine posted a picture up. Uh, it was old cartoon. It wasn't a meme for all the young kids. Uh, it was an old cartoon, and it was talking about a woman who was talking to a friend, and it was kind of like, you know, the woman's drawing the picture there, and there's a cartoon bubble. So I have that um, up on the screen here. I'm going to read the conversation to you, because sometimes this is how conversation goes for us. Um, the woman says, uh, I've been having a hard time with work lately. It's been a little tough. The friend chimes in real quick. Well, well oh, well, well, maybe you should just switch jobs. <laughs> Ever been there before? Um, how about this one? Says, uh, no, no, I'm just a little frustrated. And the friend cuts her off. Oh, yoga really helps with that. Hmm. Okay. And then well, how about this next one? Um, I just wanted someone to talk to. They need to find a therapist. <laughs> That is not a good friend. (laughs) 
And when I think about that, it's really kind of funny because, and not funny at the same time, really sad, but um, funny, not funny, right? <laughs> New hashtag. Okay. But it's funny and not funny because it's funny because, well, that person's not actually listening, but it's not funny because, well, they weren't seeking to understand what their friend was trying to say. I feel a lot of times when we're in communication with people, when we're talking with people, we listen with the intent to reply instead of listening with the intent to understand. How many times are you actually seeking to understand what someone is saying when you're in a conversation with them? Is that the main reason, the main emphasis that you have when you talk with someone? When I think about the whole concept of empathy, empathy is just such a powerful thing. Empathy, uh, when I think about it, it's seeing a person's situation from their perspective. Do we take the time to see the situation from someone else's perspective? When someone's going through a tough time at work, are you willing to ask the questions to see how they're actually doing, to check up on them, to make sure that they're loved and cared for? When I think about this whole concept of empathy, um, there's this man, uh, author I read, his name is David Mathis, and he had this quote talk about, talking about how when we don't listen to people, we can't empathize with them and care for them. The quote says this, it says, poor li- listening diminishes another person while good listening invites them to exist and matter. We invite people to exist and matter. If people matter to us, we are willing to listen to them and listen to what's going on and hear the truth that's on their heart. I started thinking of the difference between someone who is a friend who we empathize with and someone who just an acquaintance. Um, as, you, as I've been studying what empathy is, Uh, learning more about empathy, it's kind of like a bedrock to intimacy and close connection. You know, it takes that step from um, we may have shallow relationships where we may connect on different shared experiences to, man, I actually know what's going on with that person. I liken this to like being at work and you work with someone that you see every day. And what are your conversations about? Work, right? You know, let's talk about whatever it is that we're working on together. But have you asked them the questions about what's, know, what's going on in their heart and their mind? There's a huge difference between knowing what's going on in someone's heart and mind and having a good conversation with them about shared experiences or different things that you go through together. Empathy, when we're able to empathize with people, we're able to realize that, hey, like, you know what? I know this person might not be doing well right now. On the exterior, they're saying all the right things, but I can see and feel that inside there's something else going on. When we don't have empathy, really people are kind of like the people you sit next to on Muni or Bart, (laughs) right? Like you see them, you might say like, okay, they're weird or whatever, but you really don't know what's going on with them. You really don't know what's going on in their heart. You really don't know what's going on in their mind. You don't know what makes them tick. You don't know if they're going through a tough time. I ended up reading this, uh, a blog post this week And uh, this man was sharing this experience about how he was flying out of San Diego airport. And he said he was about to get on the plane when he got a call from one of his best friends just saying that his best friend's mom died. And he said he didn't really know what to expect. He didn't know what he was feeling. He's like, I had a lot of emotions. And he was sitting down here and he started to look around. And he's like, everyone around me has no idea that I've heard this terrible news. Um, this, this friend of mine, this friend's mom, uh, was a big influential person in my life. And now she's gone. And he's like, I don't know what to do. So he started sitting there and he started to look around on the airplane. He started thinking to himself, how many other people 
are going through the same situation I am. He started to think, is that couple over there, are they going maybe on their honeymoon? Or is this couple over here, are they going to visit a loved one who's sick? Is this couple over here going to visit someone in the hospital? He started thinking through different situations that people were going through. It's almost like when we hear something tragic, it allows us to slow down and start to look and listen to those around us. Why does it take us that long to wait to empathize with people when we are going through pain? Maybe be people who empathize with others when we go through, uh, who are going through tough times and asking them the tough questions. So I started thinking about what's the difference between empathy and sympathy, right? I've heard that kind of uh, explained as one and the same, and a little bit different. Empathy uh, is when you're able to recognize and um, understand the person's situation. Like you kind of put yourself in their shoes. Um, you know, I've, I've read that neurologically, if you uh, and I were having a conversation and you started to share something that was um, passionate on your heart and on your mind, and you started to maybe weep or you started to, the, you know, close in, the neurons within my brain will start to realize, oh, this person is going through a tough time. I myself can empathize with this person. I myself are gonna start to put myself in their shoes. But sympathy is the complete opposite. Sympathy is basically, you wish that person would have a better situation. I think sometimes we can push uh, our prayer list as our sympathy list, right? (laughs) Someone comes up to us, they share their heart, and they might be crying, you might be like, brother, I'll pray for you. (laughs) When really, maybe in that moment, we just need to sit down with that person, ask them a couple questions, cry with them, and bear their burdens. That's what we're called to do as the church. But a lot of times we can just push prayer as something and say, oh, well, I'll pray for you, as a nice way of saying, all right, I'm out of here. (laughs) I don't really want to talk to you about really what's going on. When I look through the book of Proverbs, there's a lot of things that talk about us listening well. Uh, in particular, I think of a different proverb. Um, proverb chapter 18, verse 2. It says, A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but only in expression, expressing opinion. <laughs> think about that. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but only expressing opinion. How many times is it that we are in conversation with someone else where it's just about us and what we want to say. We can't wait for that person to stop talking so that we can talk. It's about us, not about them. In order for us to be able to speak powerfully into someone's life, like verse 23 talks about, we need to be able to listen well to them. That means being people, who, people of empathy. And here's, what, here's an amazing thing. We can't do that on our own on a daily basis. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish that. We need to exhibit that through the power of the Holy Spirit that God has given us and God puts on our conscience and our mind and our heart. Empathy, I think about into someone's life. When I think about the whole concept of empathy, I think about Jesus. Uh, Jesus in Mark chapter 10, when he interacts with the young, rich ruler. In that part, in the, when he's interacting with the young, rich ruler, um, obviously, for the, just to kind of help you remember the story, um, he comes up to Jesus, the rich young ruler, and he calls him good teacher. And Jesus is like, the only person that's good is God. And uh, basically he said, I've followed your commandments since I was young. Um, And he wants to know how he can get to heaven. 
And Jesus says and the amazing thing in verse 21 in Mark chapter 10. Um, I love what, what happens in that moment. Uh, it says in scripture, it says that Jesus looked at him, loved him, and then he gave him the harsh word. The harsh word was, you know, go and sell all your possessions. <laughs> uh, and then the kingdom of heaven will be yours. Basically, it's my Brian interpretation. <laughs> um, but I love that aspect. Jesus looked at the man. He loved him. Then he gave him the word of truth. A lot of times when we're speaking with people, we may just want to give them the word of truth without necessarily loving them, without necessarily caring for them. May we be people who are people of empathy. It's kind of hard to do at times, but that is what we are called to do. And the second thing that's kind of like uh, two sides of one coin when it relates to listening well, to speaking to people, is exhibiting restraint. Now, uh, as you can see, when I read eight or nine verses, I only use one of them for empathy. That probably means that restraint is probably the one that we need to hear more because there's eight verses that talk about restraint. (laughs) So let's look at those verses and kind of see what they have to say to us. When you think about exhibiting restraint when speaking with people, um, I think of verse one, as I read earlier, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When you hear that phrase, harsh word, it isn't necessarily talking about um, when you come up to someone and you say something in a yelling, like you're yelling at them, or you say something very aggressively, as much as you say a word that discourages the other person. Um, I'm thinking about all the many experiences that we go through in life. A lot of times, what we remember are the, thing, the negative things that people said about us rather than the positive, <laughs> right? Uh, studies have shown that. You can hear 10 different things that are awesome about you, but you hear one thing that's negative, what sticks with us? The negative, the thing that sticks out that's different. Well, when I think about giving someone a harsh word, when I think of really big, how a soft answer turns away wrath, I think that's a really big point for us to really hone in. We really need to be people who restrain and refrain from saying things that we may regret. I can think of, um, I heard, I'm blanking on his name right now, but one of the guys from the uh, Shark Tank, uh, maybe he's Mr. Wonderful. Let's say, nope, nope, not Mr. Wonderful. The other guy from, the other billionaire guy from Shark Tank. And um, he was given life lessons. I read this post, and it was very interesting. Uh, One of his life lessons was, um, you can always replace things. So he said, I have many instances where things broke because of my children or someone um, drop something. He's like, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I think that's so powerful for us that people will never forget how we make them feel, which is why scripture says that we need to be people who give a soft answer. Doesn't mean that you don't speak the truth. Doesn't mean that you don't come at this speaking the truth with love. This means that you don't do it in a harsh way. That's sometimes gonna be a lot harder, a lot easier said than done. In verse 4, it says, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perversiveness in it breaks the spirit. Think about a gentle tongue giving life to you, bringing up life within us. I think that's amazing to think how speaking in a way that's gentle can bring about relationship and bring about life and bring about fruit. I think of also, um, this is in Proverbs chapter 17, It says, 
A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Or it might be a little different version up there in the screen if you have that. Um, also, thinking about uh, in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, reckless words pierce like a sword. Conversely, it says at the end, the tongue of the wise brings healing. Think about that. Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise bring healing. I think one of the biggest areas where we as people need to learn how to exhibit restraint in conversation is with our online interactions. (laughs) Right? Um, Have you guys, you see what happens online? (laughs) There are times where, I got to admit, there's some times where something happens and you know like people are going to have a lot to say, and I'll hop on Twitter, and I'll be like, what are people saying today? So, Because <laughs> you kind of want to see what's on people's hearts and people's minds. But when I think about that, um, a lot of time, we ourselves need to refrain from hopping in those conversations. A lot of times, even as the body of Christ, we don't represent Christ well online. We ourselves will jump into conversations and say things that are hurtful. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when we see people um, empathizing, we see people going through a tough time and we're able to empathize with them, we don't have that same opportunity online. There's a barrier for the screen in us. That means that we ourselves need to be filled with compassion before we interact with people online. Uh, I heard, uh, read a blog post that was good about things to consider to say um, before you would post something online. And it had these few questions for you to ponder before you would post something. The first one is this, um, will it edify? With what you're putting online, will it edify? Second thing, will it be easily misunderstood? <laughs> uh, third thing, will it reach the right audience? Fourth, will it help my evangelism? Will it help you speak about Christ? When I think about speaking and listening well, it affects many different relationships that we're in. It respects it affects your relationship with your spouse, your relationship with your family, relationship with your coworkers, and especially those who don't yet know Jesus. Will it help your evangelism? Will it bring about unnecessary and unhelpful controversy? I think these are a lot of things that we don't always think about before we post things online. I think uh, if our natural reaction is to jump and respond to something quickly right away, uh, I would encourage you to pray and ask God <laughs> to reveal what type of truth that person might be trying to say, or maybe try to empathize with what that person is actually going through. We need to be people of restraint. I think that can be tough for us to do at times, because a lot of times we have a lot of things that we want to say, and we want to be heard, and we want to communicate but it's not always about us. As you continue on in uh, Proverbs 15 and verse 28, it says, the heart of the righteous ponders how to answer, but the mouth of the wicked pours out evil things. The heart of the righteous ponders how to answer. Are you allowing the spirit to work on your heart as you're listening to someone share with you? I, uh, when we, uh, a couple weeks ago in Midland, Texas, and um, the mission, we had a missions team come out from um, Midland, Texas, and one of the le- ladies that was leading the group, her name was Heather, uh, leading, uh, she was leading uh, the singing portion for the kids, 
And I ended up talking to her one morning, and I asked her how her morning was. And she said, uh, it's going okay. She's like, it's, she's like actually, I'm, I'm really wrestling with a conversation I had this morning. And I was like, well, what, what was the conversation that you had? What happened during that conversation? And uh, she's like, you know, I was just up the street, and I saw this old man there. Um, he was sitting there. He had no one to talk to. And I decided to go up to him and ask him, you know, like, hi, how you doing? Introduce myself. My name is Heather. Um, what's going on with you? And throughout the midst of the conversation, she found out that this man is 100 years old, uh, has no family um, in the city, has lost all contact with his family, and he lost all willingness to live. He's like, I have no one to talk to. No one even gives me the time of day. No one takes the time out of their schedule to even see me and have a conversation with me. And he's waiting um, for the opportunity uh, for California to pass the law that will allow him to take his own life. And that was his perspective on life. And Heather was like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to be here every day for the next few days. So if you're here, I will go and have, we'll talk to you every morning. I will make sure to have a conversation with you. And every day she did. And every day that she did, she said her heart would break for him because she realized that, well, she doesn't live here. This isn't her home. So she's going to have to go back and be with her family. But who's going to care for and love this man? Who's going to show this man that someone loves him? His name is Jesus. Who's going to show this man that someone actually cares about his life and what's going on in his life? That story, in a way, broke my heart. Um, I haven't seen that man yet. I don't know what's going on with him. But hearing that story made me empathize with him. Imagine having nothing. Imagine having no one. And the only thing you look forward to is to go to the coffee shop and watch other people enjoy conversations, enjoy life, and do the things that you wish you could. When we are people of empathy... We can see a situation like that. We can hear this man's situation, know how to rightly pray for him, and know how to rightly serve him. When we come with the, with the eyes of the Holy Spirit and filled with prayer, we can see what to do and how to act when we interact with someone like that. That story should break our heart, but there's many people around the city who are experiencing the same type of thing. It might be a coworker of yours um, that you, you, know, you walk by every day uh, maybe they're just looking for someone to talk to. Maybe they're just looking for someone to share what's going on in their heart and their mind. Uh, maybe they just lost a loved one. You don't know it. Uh, maybe God is calling you to step out and actually talk to that person, actually be a light for them. Um, I was trying to think through many different ways that we could, uh, you know, things that we can do. I thought that, one, we could take that person out to lunch um, or maybe God's putting someone else in your heart and your mind that you need to take out to lunch and check up on them. Ask them how they're, they're doing. Um, maybe God's put on your heart for you to call a friend that you haven't heard from in a while. In a while. It's very interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm debating whether to say this or not, but I'm going to say it. Um, so um, as a pastor, I realize seeing the church, if I haven't seen or heard from someone in a while, that probably means that something's going on in their life. Uh, that could be sin, that they're afraid to uh, come to church because they feel some sort of conviction. 
that could be something going on where it's just uh, work's really busy and they just feel really overwhelmed and that's pulling them away. It could be uh, maybe they're in a dating relationship that they shouldn't be in so they don't really want to talk to me about it so they start pulling away. Many different things that I see. And when I haven't heard from someone in a while, the very first thing that when God brings that person to mind is, I'm like, I'm going to call them and reach out to them. And to say something like, hey, I've been praying for you. Uh, I'm wondering how you're doing today. And part of that is I know that when things are going on in our lives, we're not, it's hard for us to find places for us to express really our, what's going on in our heart. And I found that most people um, maybe are a few questions away from really sharing about what's going on. Are we willing to take that time to listen, to pour into them? I think a big part of it is uh, we need to limit the distractions that we have. Um, it's really easy to feel like you're connecting with people uh, and then like be on your phone the whole time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or start thinking about the things that you have going on. We need to pause and sometimes uh, another tip for us is we need to pause and think about what we post um, before we hit send on your phone or your computer. Um, for you young kids, yes, some people post from their computer. <laughs> Not just their phones. <laughs> um, maybe for some of you, you need to check in with your own spouse. You need to check in how, how your spouse is doing. Um, uh, maybe you need to give your spouse some attention as much as you give your work. I think sometimes the people who are closest to us are the ones we actually don't listen to well. It's easy to listen to a customer come up to you when they have an issue, right? That relates to your job, you can take care of that. It's sometimes hard to come home after a long day and listen to your spouse. We're called to do the same. And then lastly, I think this is a big thing for us, is we need to lean into Christian community. We need to lean into community. I think the easiest thing for us to get into a place, and I think our enemy likes this, is when we're isolated and when we're by ourselves, right? Think, think about the whole concept of scripture. When I think about Jesus and the church that he built, um, it was very communal, yet our culture is very indiv individualistic, right? We like to think about things and tackle things on our own. Who are you walking with in your Christian walk right now? Or do you have anybody that you can with invest discipling or is that discipling you? Do you have anybody that you're spending your time with, investing in, hearing their heart, praying for them, serving them? When the church is the church, the church um, isn't led by the staff. It's led by the body. <laughs> the body living out what the scriptures is calling us to do. It's not about who's up front but it's about what God is calling you to do individually in your life, in your walk. When I think about a message like this, think about how we listen well, uh, be able to speak and hear godly wisdom, I think, man, I fall short a lot. <laughs> Anyone else feel that? I fall short a lot. There's a lot of times where I don't exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. I don't, uh, I'm not a person of empathy. I'm not a person who shows restraint. I want to uh, prove myself. I want to relax instead of spending time um, with my spouse. I want to do other things instead of serving God. But when I think about the importance of this, the amazing thing is that when we fall short, there's grace for it. Jesus' grace is sufficient for us. And I think about how amazing his grace is. 
Um, Jesus loves us now. Jesus loves us when we were unlovable and when we will be unlovable. Jesus loves us so much that he sent us, that he died on the cross for us, that he himself sacrificed his own life. He loved us that much. And I think the thing that we forget is that sometimes we need to have that perspective. Let that infiltrate our hearts and our minds so that we can rightly love and care for other people. So I wanted us to end with a few questions for us to ponder and think about. Uh, I want to give a few minutes for us to think about these questions up on the screen. Uh, And the first one is, how do I exhibit listening in my daily life? Who are you listening to? How do you exhibit that? And then the second one is, what can I do to develop a better willingness for listening to others? It's something that I don't think is natural for us. We don't naturally, we aren't naturally good listeners. (laughs) Uh, It's something we have to work on and be intentional about. So I'm going to give us a few moments to think through that, and then we'll come back up and continue the service. God, I thank you for the time to come together and open up your word. Uh, As you spoke uh, through various verses in Proverbs chapter 15 about us listening and speaking, I pray that we'll be a people who um, listen well, listen well to what your spirit is calling us to do, Uh, listen well when people are trying to share your heart, share their heart, listen well when uh, maybe a coworker is going through a tough time that they have no one to talk to. God, give us your spirit that allows us to see what you're calling us to do. But also, God, I pray that if we are a person who might need to hear a word, uh, give us your patience to be able to do so. Uh, in Hebrews, uh, you talk about for the moment all discipline uh, is, seems painful rather than pleasant. But you talk about how it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who have been trained by it. I pray that will be true for us. If someone needs to speak a word of truth to us, open our heart and our mind to what truth you may want to reveal to us. I thank you for um, just your willingness to listen to us. We may pour out our heart through many different things that are going on in our lives. Um, Thank you for being patient with us, how your loving kindness uh, leads us to repentance. And I pray that through us, the loving kindness that you give us will help show others that they're loved and cared for. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to move into a time of take up our offering. So I ask the uh, deacons to come forward, and I'm going to pray for our offering now. Lord, uh, thank you for just the opportunity to give back to you a portion of what you've given to us. Help us to understand that everything comes from you. And uh, when we give back, we can just partner more with what you're doing in your kingdom and partner more with uh, what you're doing here in our church. Thank you for the generosity of our church. And I ask that you bless it uh, and use it for your purposes. Praise in Jesus' name. Amen.